It's your turn to compete in the illegal underground world of extreme ping pong. I have assembled the most talented athletes from around the globe. Welcome to my tournament of champions. With 10 playable characters from the film. Bust balls this fall, Nintendo Wii and DS. Goodness gracious, great balls of fury. That's going to make sense in a second. <laughs> Welcome to Cinemarcade. <laughs> this is the podcast about movies, video games, and the sparks that fly when those two worlds collide. My name is Steve Guntley, who is joining me here today for this desperate match uh, against life, death, and tiny little plastic balls. Uh, table tennis champion, Justin. I'm going to take your word on that. Yeah, because you, you seem to... I mean, you are the table tennis champion of this game. Yeah. Uh, Undisputed. You are the table tennis champion of this of this group. Yeah. Uh, and I am the underdog. But uh, I'm still not good enough. Known as J-Ban, who will rise from the bottom to the top uh, singing Def Leppard. Yes. You got to go the... through Mr. Wong first, and apparently, goddamn, is that hard. Yes, apparently. Uh, yeah, you can you can whoop our asses when we're not uh, digital James Hong, but otherwise, uh, we can't keep up with you. Today we are talking about Balls of Fury, and if you're really struggling to remember what that is, uh, you're probably not alone. I think this is a, I, I described it earlier as noteworthy for not being noteworthy. This is a 2007 comedy that was, uh, well, I'll give you the old, all the details, why not? It was released August 29th, 2007. It's directed by Robert Ben Garant and written by Garant and Thomas Lennon. And it stars Dan Fogler, Christopher Walken, Maggie Q, George Lopez, Thomas Lennon, James Hong, Aisha Tyler, Terry Crews, Patton Oswalt, Robert Patrick. A lot, a lot of talent involved in this movie. Uh, a lot of talent behind the scenes here. But I think I need to start with the most important question, which is, would you prefer to watch this movie exactly as it is or spend 90 minutes watching a super cut of Christopher Walken saying ping pong. Cause I think I know what my answer is. Did you say 90 minutes? Yeah. It would have to be exactly the same length as this movie. It'd be a 90 minute super cut of nothing but Christopher Walken saying ping pong. Do you have to loop only him saying ping pong in the movie, or could we get external ping pong recordings? If we can get him to record more, then all the better. Like cameo. I mean, yeah, yeah. Let's get let's pay does for a cameo. Does Christopher Walken have a cameo? Let's, let's get for... him to say ping pong forty five different ways. I don't know if he's like doing a voice or if that's just the way he says it, but every time he says it in this movie, it made me laugh. It's like that was kind of the biggest laugh in the movie. Is just him going ping pong, and I don't know Which if it's just his accent. Is... A series of problematic situations in this movie. Um, I feel I mean, like it's not that bad, but um, it's definitely cultural appropriation in some way, shape, well, or form. There's some stuff for going sure. On. I think. Well, it's so interesting because, like, I feel like this is like, like, I think during the pandemic, I went back and I watched a lot of uh, comedy movies from the '70s and the '80s. Uh, by the way, like the um, 
was it the bachelor uh, it's tom hanks and he's the bachelor party p- bachelor party yeah the whole premise of that movie is that he's not supposed to sleep with a prostitute like that is, that is like that is the bare <laughs> minimum stakes. or sex worker sorry um like there he's not supposed to see sleep in that like and that was and it's like oh my god the whole movie was built around this and that was like a comedic pre- like pretense that somebody right before their wedding you know oh no the, the, because the, that is something that everyone does all the time and yeah it's just was like, that a thing in the 80s i don't even know i, I don't know and it was just like in the, all the the 70s and the 80s movies that i watched there's like a lot of them like our little snapshots in the comedy at that time period yeah. and i feel like this movie is a snapshot uh, of like of comedy in that time period but like when you compare this to movie to like super troopers right it's just it falls i did not laugh once that's the biggest thing all right so i got a few laughs and none of they weren't the best jokes they were just the things that i thought were funny that's fair i mean there there's i would say like two moments in here where i laughed and they were kind of both christopher walken related but it's weird that this kind of came out to be so little because, like we said, there is a lot of talent going on behind the scenes here. Yeah. This is Robert Ben Garant as the director and Thomas Lynn as the writer. People know them from The State, uh, MTV's really amazing one-season sketch show. Then they went on to create Reno 911, which has become a really weirdly enduring show. That show is. is still on it's the still air. It's still on. It's, it's still, still on. really, like, I don't know. I, I watch a lot of TikTok clips from Reno 911. Yeah. Um, and, um, like, I just, I, and I, I watched it religiously for years because I thought it was it's, hilarious. It was funny, yeah. Uh, but it's just so funny. Uh, like, Aisha Taylor, uh, La, um, like, big superstar, like, nowadays, um, Lana on Archer. Yeah. As well as numerous, like uh, the host of um, Whose Line Is It, it anyway? anyway? Yeah, and wasn't she on Talk Soup for a while? Yeah, too? She, yeah. she was on a she bunch of things, friends. but like yeah. they're the ca- like Terry Crews very early in his career is in this movie. Uh, so this movie Pat has Oswald, a lot yeah. of Patton Oswalt, uh, comedic superstar George Lopez. Yeah, yeah, it's like the there were a lot man, of really right? good yeah. talent. Um, when I said I didn't laugh at anything, there's there's a couple of things that I did actually kind of like that were a little subversive. Yeah. Um, like, and again, it's like, I don't know if they meant it to be subversive because it's subversive from a modern perspective. Then they were just making a, like, oh my God, men in being into yeah. men joke. I like the idea of, um, like the group of screaming, um, uh, damsels in distress were all men being damsels in distress. Yeah, it's a bunch of like uh, frat bros. Yeah, uh, yeah. No, they 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 were setting up kind of a big gay panic joke, and then they veered. And I feel like that's sort of the weird thing about this movie. I was really expecting this movie, given the title and the era that this came out, to just be like super offensive, really inappropriate, yes. and like yeah. it's weird how neutral this movie is in a lot of ways like you you look at the poster first of all let's take a look at that poster it's christopher walken in this outlandish like asian warlord garb playing ping pong and you're like oh god what the fuck is this uh, and you're like okay is he playing an asian man is it some kind of cultural appropriation thing that winds up kind of being the funniest thing in the movie to me is the <laughs> fact that no he's not asian no one in the movie thinks he's asian christopher walken isn't pretending to be asian the whole funny bit is that he is this guy with this thick New York accent and this weird Christopher Walken mannerisms who has become so powerful that he can just dress like the villain from a kung fu movie and nobody can say anything. 
and that's kind of like the weird joke about this is that they're they're not trying to present him as being an Asian person. Um, and I thought that was the funniest part. But there is a lot of like Asian stereotype stuff with like the yeah. the wise old master and like and very risque outfits on the ladies. Yeah, Maggie Q yeah. not wearing a whole lot. Um, you know, I'm not mad about it, but you know, I feel bad. That for is, her. I think, the right behavior. But yes, yeah. that is, or I'm sorry, the right opinion. Uh, but yeah, I I think it's like whose choice was it? Is what it comes down to. Was this like director's choice or was this like Oh, yeah, I, this makes sense. Let's just again, wear this. They, they're definitely hearkening back to like a lot of tropes from the 70s. They're definitely making fun of, um, is it Enter the Dragon? Yeah. Uh, and It definitely felt like a parody kung fu movie. Like, and, yeah. um, like, and so they're hearkening back to a lot of uh, a lot of things. But like, it's definitely like, I don't know. They, they also mishmashed like different Asian cultures together, like the right. Japanese and the Chinese. And uh, I was just like, okay, cool. Uh, but I don't know, like starting off at the beginning, this is one of the reasons why I think this movie doesn't fails even uh, is because it's so, we've seen this movie a thousand times. We could so improvise this movie right now. Uh, like it's literally a, a, a down and out, uh, washed up uh, athlete. Uh, I just, I feel like documentary now did this better with the bowling. Uh, well, I mean, you know what this is playing off of the success of is dodgeball, yeah. like a weirdly successful movie from 2004 that would have been kind of at its height of, you know, I for for the kids out there before memes were omnipresent. Uh, the way that we communicated as people was we sat down across the table from each other and we quoted anchorman lines at each other back and forth until one of us started bleeding from the ears. And, Unless uh, one of us didn't see anchorman, and then we just and then we quote asked other them things politely but firmly to leave. Oh, okay. But I am closest to the door. Dodgeball had its little moment like that for at least a little bit, and so I think people were trying to recreate a little bit of that magic and it's a very similar setup it's kind of a dorky sport that's not one of like the big three sports it's covered on every uh, uh movie and it's just sort of a, a non-athlete athlete who is supposed to conquer everything you know that's kind of the whole gag here weirdly i think the movie that this uh is most indebted to is mortal kombat I have a huge. I haven't rewatched it, but I have a huge soft spot for the Mortal Kombat I movie. Love Mortal I Kombat. loved the soundtrack. <laughs> Did you watch the new one? No, I haven't. The new, the new one's good. Really? The new one's really good. Uh, I like I it. Just, I, I just. I don't know. It was part of my childhood, and like. The, the fucking soundtrack was amazing. And well, I like, mean, Carrie Hiroyuki Tanaka, who plays Raiden yeah. in that movie, is in this movie. Like, yeah. I feel like that's not an accident, right? Like, this mysterious island, and it, it, they, they fight to the death, but except it's ping pong. Like, all of this sounds funnier than it ultimately is. And I think it's just because they never, I don't know, they never really commit to uh, a theme here. They never really commit to a tone. Like, do we want to be the offensive edgy comedy? Do we want to be like the more heartwarming comedy? Ultimately it just feels sort of inert, you know? And I, I think like you have to go one of two ways. You either have to lean so hard into the comedy that the characters aren't the big deal, or you have to lean into the characters and the comedy comes along with that but you actually care about the characters like tenacious d by the end of tenacious sure. d you genuinely were like 
fuck yeah, I want these guys to win. Yeah. But this one, you didn't get many moments to like the, uh, what, Jesus. Randy Daytona. Randy. All right, Randy. so I think this is sort of my biggest problem with the movie is the character of Randy. Now, I don't want to dunk on Dan Fogler. Uh, I, I like Dan Fogler. He's kind of one of those guys who's sort of been like set up to be a big deal like a couple of times and has had a few false starts. He won a Tony um, for uh, he established the main role in uh, 25th annual Putnam County Spelling Bee, which is a really fun show. He won a Tony for that. So people started kind of sh- shopping. I thought that was around. an actual spelling bee. I was like, he got a Tony for a spelling bee. What the hell? Well, He sang all his answers. It was really good. <laughs> like, not that I'm dissing against spelling bees, but man, that, that seems like a weird award to get at a spelling bee. Yeah. And I think he would, they kind of set him up like he might have had a little moment uh, because he had a standout supporting role in Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. Which yeah, is like, he, was he was like the one likable character. One likable in character in the, the, the series. The series. Like, what, are there three movies now? There's three. I didn't see the second two, but I I think he's still in them, but I think they veer away from him I watched the latest one because they replaced Johnny Depp with Mads Mikkelsen. And oh, yeah. <laughs> that big is upgrade. a handsome man. That's a big um, upgrade. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but but they also replaced Colin Farrell with Johnny Depp in the first one, which why? You have Colin Farrell there. He's yeah. he's fine. He's not problematic. But yeah, it, it so he's he's kind of been on the cusp for a little bit. I feel like they're not really using him to the best of his ability here because what they're really looking for is a Jack Black type. Yeah. They yes. want like kind of a short stout athletic guy the, who's can sing and has kind of like a rock and roll personality and it feels like they wanted Jack Black and couldn't afford him so they rein in Dan Fogler a lot and just make him do the Jack Black thing. When did Pick of Destiny come out? Uh, around this time, around 2009 okay. or 10 probably. So it came after this. Yeah, yeah okay. I think so. Yeah, it, it's in that uh, it's in that window. But yeah, I mean, yeah, he he was already too big of a name to kind of get involved with something like and this. And I I think Jack Black. That had happened already. Okay. Yeah. So I th- I think Jack Black can pull a lot of it off because his career, like his natural charisma, leans to that. Right. Of being the the goofy, because at the end of the day, none of his goofiness is like negative or hurting people. Usually, if anybody's getting hurt, it's usually Jack Black's character by it. But um, also, he avoids being just like. The fat guy who falls down. Yeah. You know, that's not really he, his, He's he f- got a confidence about him that's yes. a lot of fun. And I think this movie makes Dan Fogler be fat guy who falls down. Yeah. Right. I, I think that the writing doesn't line up with his type of it's charisma. Just, it's just a, like, yeah. This just reminds me of like, so many different... Uh, like, But there's like the fat girl who falls down, the fat guy who falls down. And this whole idea of like klutziness being comedic and very few people like you're not Buster Keaton like you know you you need to people falling down has isn't always funny and like there's so many uh, just I I don't know it drives me crazy when like if a person you know who could do a pratfall Cary Grant yes Cary Grant could do a pratfall um and that was hilarious and arsenic and old lace is fucking gold but like so but often, not in like a vacuum right yeah. you can't just be in, guy falling down because it would be funny for him to fall down no, I, you need the setup you need like the proper execution yeah. it's got to be like kind of a root yes I I think that what it comes down to is is it funny because it was the quote fat guy falling down 
If so, then it's not a good joke. But if it's funny because of what happens, like a Mr. Bean style thing, there are so many people who can do falling and being klutzy and making it funny because yeah. it's not about the type of person it's about the situation and what's happening or it's about and the, the energy they're putting into the fall exactly like, yeah, it's yeah. it's about so many other things and the few times that they get the klutz humor out it doesn't land super well because it's like oh it's just the regular amount of funny that this is which is usually not enough to be like worth it well, well in, um, it like, doesn't pay off well. In the opening, they we don't know whether or not this character is okay. Like he's a child who loses yes. a, a giant event, uh, and his father is murdered. Mm. <laughs> You're just like, I and like keeping the, keeping the bit. keeping the father alive and di- deeply disappointed would I think been a stronger move. Or and Robert Patrick plays a lot of those types of roles. So yeah. like uh, uh, disappointed. disappointed. Oh, oh yeah. Dad, yeah. Or even if. He did die when he died, but it was a bigger part of Randy's Story. character. Yeah. You're exactly right. They really don't let uh, uh, Randy carry any of that trauma. And I know you don't want too much of that for a comedy, but right. it would help humanize him a little bit. I think like... Even if there was just like... Like uh, Hot Rod, which yeah. is a similarly very stupid... like Yeah. Low, I low really piece. love Hot Rod. I love Hot Rod to pieces. And you care about Rod because you do see these glimpses of vulnerability. You see that his sadness comes from somewhere and he's so delusionally confident that you have to get on board. Randy never really gets to be much of anything. We don't really exactly see, even when he's at rock bottom, things seem like they're not that bad. He it has, doesn't phase him. He's not affected by it. And again, that's a thing that Jack Black does so well in the things that Jack Black does well in that are comedies. Yeah. Is it's he seems like a person who has the dimensions of feelings, whereas in this we only get to see a we don't get to see enough dimensions of Randy's character and it's not because of the actor. No, it's because the actor's never in a situation to do it. They never have that moment of like, even, you know, like leading up to the final thing being like, you know, look, it's, yeah. I want to do this for my dad or something. They, they, they never, it doesn't have to be big. It doesn't have to be a focal point, right. but they never touch on any of the things like that. He mentions that his mom died before he met her. Right. And then that's also never brought up again. And it's not even when he brings it up, it's because somebody joked about fucking his mother. Yeah, and we, he brought we that up it. and then immediately moved on. Right. And I mean, I think it's the same way with kind of the, the romance that they set up here. Yes. Like, so the love interest is played by Maggie Q, who is, uh, you know, uh, playing the daughter of the ping pong master played by James Hong, uh, you know, and we're supposed to believe that there's some kind of chemistry uh, to them, but we, we cut out this whole journey. It's his niece, technically. Oh, it's his right? niece. Yes, thank you. We cut out this whole journey of seeing them really like interact you know it's just kind of like you get the hostile opening moments and then you get like oh she's really into him now like we don't really get to see that journey but we're still supposed Their to care about the kiss of that. is the most unbelievable kiss i perhaps have seen <laughs> in five or ten years yeah it's just so like like you don't believe their love story at all no and, and it's there's like they have no tender moments before like exactly the, all of a sudden that they're together um, and it's just so like she is such a shining light and her kung fu um, or uh, her I don't know if it's kung martial fu, arts her martial arts uh, was a, 
was such a breath of fresh air in the middle of this movie uh, yeah. to be like, oh man, she, like, that's a movie I want to be watching is her kicking ass. Yeah, I like um, Maggie Q. Yeah, she's great. Did yeah. you ever see uh, Live Free or Die Hard? Um, yes. Mm. Yeah. She was pretty good in that. Yeah. Um, and I, I think that what it comes down to is that this movie needed a few more scenes in the right places to really drive home the different characters and the relationships. And it maybe could have sacrificed a scene or two elsewhere to make up for it and not end up with a two hour long movie. Yeah. Well, no, it was only a 90 minute movie. It was only right. Right. Minute. It was yeah. an hour and a half. But if we wanted to add those things in, we'd be pushing but an hour 45. But that's kind of the maybe thing not even too. like this doesn't feel like it has enough to sustain even a short movie like there's not a lot of energy here i think it's fully like 50 minutes into this 90 minute movie before we get to meet christopher walken who is for my money the standout part of this entire movie i thought his whole line every line delivery was really funny i thought he was in on the joke and having fun like he he was playing an eccentric character and being eccentric while doing it well and this is his comedy era right the early 2000s is kind of like the the more cowbell skit on SNL was like this big viral thing before things were going viral. Then he did like Wedding Crashers and you know, a lot of he was doing a lot of comedies around this time. And I I was reading uh, I was doing a little bit of research because whenever I watch these movies, I try not to do any research unless it's something that I'm genuinely interested about. And so I was reading Balls an interview. Did it for you. <laughs> well, I was reading an interview about how they handled the actual ping pong playing and whether or not it was CGI. Some of it was, yeah. some of it wasn't. They actually brought in. Uh, a couple of like actual ping pong masters to train them on how to play ping pong so that when they were filming everything, they genuinely were or looked like they were playing ping pong because they knew how to play ping pong. Yeah. Uh, and it wasn't just like, you know, we set up a ping pong table in the green room and we played whenever we had downtime so we could get some. No, they like trained it. But they mentioned that they were so nervous and anxious about what it would be like having Christopher Walken on set. Yeah. And then they they ended up saying like he was a fucking delight. Yeah. He was so chill. He took things so seriously that when he he got to the filming early, a few days early, and then just watched and then did a run through of his lines of the script kind of monologue style with the directors and then said this is what I think is happening, am I doing this? Am I doing this as the same movie everyone else is? Where can I change? What do I need to do to make this fit what we're doing? Right. Basically, wanting to get on the same page before he actually hit and started recording and acting. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's weird to think of doing like a lot of very professional preparation for, a movie for this like movie. This, but like, yeah. but you know, he and they were like, he was such, and it sounded like they were all having fun. He was having fun. There was apparently a rule on set about how they couldn't do Christopher Walken impressions Fair. because the directors were like, "We don't need this, <laughs> please no." But they. Apparently, we're doing it around anyway and trying to get away with it. We forgot um, to mention that I think we, we teased this at the last week, but this is the first time on this show that Justin has seen a movie beforehand and uh, J-Ban and I have not. Yeah. Like, yeah. Usually, it's the exact opposite way. So and you granted, are like the Balls of Fury uh, <laughs> master here. I, I will definitely say I'm not because I watched it when I was a small child and I barely remember the majority of the movie. Yeah. But uh, go ahead. Uh, no, I was just going to bring up James Hong and how, like, yeah. I thought it was really good, but I also thought it was, like, the whole 
blind thing the whole mr magoo thing is a Very little like mr. Magoo. um you're just like uh i don't know i think if they I did say half that, as much yeah it would have been way better it did facilitate what i thought was kind of the funniest single line in the movie which is the last one mm-hmm. and it was they did a bad mr magoo gag of him falling down the elevator shaft and then he just <laughs> finally goes like we really should close this we're on the second floor there's a blind man walking around like that was I thought yeah. that was funny. So I, and then the, that's, well, that's the closing line. Immediately the before that, there was also you got the banger of a line of him going, "I'm going to Disney World," basically oh. mocking the main character. Yeah, that's a running but also route. Yeah, and it's it's a thing that like Jay Bennett said at the beginning when you're like, "Is this kid okay?" Uh, it's it's something similar with like magic tricks of like the 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 serious magic tricks of like we're gonna saw this person in half or whatever. Yeah, we th- it's kind of a general rule, and I'm no expert on this at all. But I, it's my understanding that there's a general rule of no matter what the stunt is, no matter what's happening, you need to make sure that there is reasonable suspension of disbelief that any harm is actually happening. Yeah, because once the audience feels like they the the performers are in grave danger uh beyond just like excited they get so concerned they no longer enjoy the show right i've um, been told the same yeah. thing like a lot for theatrical sets because i did a show a couple years ago it was, it was a production of noises off and i had to fall down two flights of stairs at every show like so i was doing this like six or seven times a week falling down these stairs and I was always trying to like really hit hard and like really jostle myself and like make my glasses go flying. And and my director had to tell me like pare it back because if the old ladies like watching this play think you've really hurt yourself, then they're going to be watching that. Then yeah, and not paying attention it, to the story, it takes them out. Yes, and that that was a thing at that the beginning part where I'm like, okay, we at least need to pan over to this kid and make sure the kid's all right. Yeah. And then at the end, when he just falls down the fucking elevator shaft, I don't remember how many floors up they are. That guy might be dead. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they did use his voice, but, like, I don't know. I think yeah. one of the – another thing that they could have done – and the, I, I feel like this ep- this episode is more about, like, us Monday morning quarterback the show because this it's so – Well, we're comedy nerds eh, already, yeah. And, um, but yeah, like I or they make the kid incredibly insufferable, and then like his maybe that's his come. You're not as concerned. Uh, yeah. yeah, because ultimately the main character went through not even like the proper hero's journey. Mm-hmm. Um, the the main character literally just got everything handed to them. Never really had anything too much in the terms of trials and tribulations. There was no general growth of anybody throughout the entire movie. Well, and really the the plot driver for this whole movie is this this undercover operation that George Lopez is spearheading because they're trying to infiltrate this drug triad. And that just feels so tacked on and limp like they try and adventure it up at the end by having a a weird showdown of uh, a ping pong fight like outside using electrified vests like they're trying for like a indiana jones parody or to make it but but again the movie never goes silly enough that you feel like you've earned that you know yeah. i wanted it to be like much goofier or or like just have just have a little bit more something like i did not expect to watch this movie wishing it had been more offensive just so I could have something more to talk about it because it's like it it could be better it could be worse it's just sort of a nothing movie at, at the end of the day I will say my favorite line of the entire movie is near the end 
where one of the uh, buff courtesans, they've been freed, and they're like, we got to get out of here. And he's like, no, I've got, I'm going back for the panda. No. And then like, you hear, ah! And then a few seconds later, he runs back past the camera and goes, oh, panda's dead. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and that was like almost a funny bit like with the uh you mentioned like the the sex slaves the courtesans you know and then they wind up being all these frat boys who were like kidnapped while they were on vacation and then it's just kind of this like gay panic dance where the like he thinks that they're gonna have sex with each other but they just want to play boggle and they wind up becoming bros like i i will say the moment that uh, i always forget that guy's name but i've seen him in so many movies Diedrich uh, bader Diedrich bader yeah, where, where he's, he's like he's great so uh want to play a board game i was like Yes, that was the line we needed, but I think we needed it earlier, and I think we, the whole situation could have been done so much better, well, but that's, so much more that's, tactfully. I feel like that's kind of the the line that this movie's playing with a little bit, where it's it's trying to subvert your expectations a little bit by not making it be the cheap yeah. gay joke, but they're still flirting with it enough that it it just doesn't it's, feel like it doesn't kind make of you comfortable. No, uh, especially in modern times, and maybe back then it landed better. Um, I don't remember the majority of that part of my life. Yeah. Um, no, but it's like ultimately everything here is just kind of safe and bland and fine. You know, it's like a solid two star movie all the way around. And it's like, I kind of want this to be worse or I want this to be better. You know, I, I just, yeah. I also got a laugh out of when the, the FBI go full Navy SEALs and like, break down the front door well first they're trying to break down the front door and they're just like ramming hitting the door with the ram over and over and over again and it isn't opening and then the dude on the side just goes dude and then just like breaks the window yeah <laughs> and he's like that, that was funny and then later on when they're like busting in to try to arrest things and they're like the building's gonna explode and the guy just like looks up and goes oh shit yeah like the yeah again there was no strong jokes no super redeeming qualities there was a lot of things where like it was toying with the line but even for something toying with the line like you only toy with the line if it's worth it yeah to a degree like i'm not a big fan of the type of humor that toys the line but if you toy the line and the joke isn't good i think it's really interesting they used uh is it george lopez yeah uh as the straight man which uh, not know. normal for George Lopez. No, not normal for him. Well, weirdly, like, so I'm not super familiar with George Lopez's output. I haven't seen a lot of his stuff, but I've come to learn that, like, he's kind of a Gen Z icon right now. Like, the kids really love the George Lopez show. Yeah. That's I, one of the most popular, like, streaming shows out yeah, there. Yeah, I, I was going to say. I don't understand why, because that one kind of came and went without a notice. For I, I did watch some of that when I was younger, and honestly... It's because it was a little more on the side of like wholesome sitcom. Yeah. Um, where he was actually Probably like exactly why I avoided yeah, it at that time. Yeah. He was actually like a chill dad. And I, I will say that he does play obviously he plays a kind of a goofy character here and there, but it's kind of like Brian Cranston and Malcolm in the Middle, where sure. like he's the dad, but then he knows when to do like when to tell jokes and stuff. And it that always felt fun. Um, yeah. He's but fine then, here. Yeah. yeah I, I feel like he, he does okay. But again, this movie doesn't give anybody a chance to shine except for like Maggie Q. And but Walken. even then yeah, I think walk I think the uh, Walken walks away with the movie for me. But. Yeah. Walken and Maggie Q, but Maggie Q they don't give her and i just in the she's terms in of 
like 20 minutes of the film. Yeah. She's in like 20 minutes of the film, but she only really like the main the first time you see her when she gets into that fight. And then the the next time she fights is just like, oh, this is just a wire well, they, stunt. They bring her back at the end as like a really forced way to manufacture some stakes. You know, it's like, all right, so now you need to play against her if you want to, you know, save your life. Or whatever. yeah, it's it, it all gets very convoluted. When I she mean, eventually shows down with that guy when they're on the way out, I wish it would have been a bit more of a fight and not just like a gag. That, but yeah, nobody really got a good chance in this movie. And, you, and you're totally right, Jay, but we are just like Monday morning quarterbacking this. Because <laughs> yeah. It's, like, it's, it's not a movie that really invites you to explore its larger themes, you know, because there isn't really anything meaty here. And I'll um, say, by and away, I'm not an expert, but because I'm not an expert and I can see these things that it, any number of them being better would have dramatically well, improved And I think the in the modern, like, 2023 perspective it's also like slightly uncomfortable being like watching this movie and be like ouch i it's real cliche it's like it's got a lot of like asian like stereotypes that you're just like is this okay i don't know if this is okay this seems not okay to me they kind of get away with it because james hong is there and he's going so full-throated and is having fun with this part but like yeah it does feel it's how many times has he had to play this role in his career? Like so many times. Yeah. It's, it's definitely a very cliched movie. And again, it's, it's like following karate kid and dodgeball together. You, and then like some Kung Fu movies from back in the day and you get this. Well, it's just like, there's so many ones that do it better. Like Kung Fu Hustle or Shaolin Soccer. Yeah. Um, Like Kung Pao, Enter the Fist. Yes. Obviously. Yeah. Um, but I, I don't know, like, again, it's just so, like, um, watching this movie felt, like, I love the actors. Mm-hmm. I, I really feel like the movie, like, can coast on the actors' charms. But at the same time, I, I don't know, it was, like, I just didn't like it. Um, well... And I think most people agreed with you. This movie made uh, 42 million uh, U.S. box office, which isn't bad, but uh, it probably didn't cost much less than I that. I looked you know. for the budget, and I, I could too. not find the budget. I'd be willing to estimate somewhere between 20 and 30. That'd be my guess, because this isn't like a super low budget thing, and there are some stars in it, but I, nobody was going to command like a huge payday. So I would and guess around 2020. Yeah, it wasn't super effects heavy in any way. Yeah. Um, I just feel like there's a lot of movies at this time period that did everything. very similar things very yeah. much better. Yeah. Um, Fully like, agree. Now, a question that we often need to consider on this show, just because of the nature of the premise of the show, is... Does this movie deserve a video game adaptation <laughs> for one reason or no, the other? No. Now, here's the thing. I think this here's movie... Here's an argument I'm going to make. Here's an argument I'm going to make. Ping Pong is fundamental to the history of video games. Literally, the very yeah. first video game in 1958, the very first thing even casually identified as a video game, was a very rudimentary ping pong game that scientists made using an oscilloscope. Uh, and they would like measure the various pitches in their voices to play... Uh, uh, ping pong on that and then of course the first breakout arcade and home console was pong which is absolutely just ping pong 
that continued to endure throughout the Wii. The biggest draw of the Wii when that first came out in 2006 was that free pack-in game Wii Sports, which had a tennis game on there. There is something very elemental about ping pong and video games. So it absolutely 100% makes sense to make this game. I think, it makes sense to make it. I think if, uh, but, if done reasonably well, they could have made a game that was better than the movie. I think so. I don't know if the movie this deserved kind of, the game. This kind of but... has that potential of like, you know, how more people remember GoldenEye as a video game than a movie at this point. And I think this could have had that potential of like, oh, there's a, a Balls of Fury movie. I remember playing that game a it lot. It could have you know? been a Mike Tyson's punch out. Totally. You could have had like a fun, like wacky sports thing. But they put a very very little amount of effort into Are we transitioning this into the game now yeah. yeah i think we okay. I think it's time to transition we're talking about the balls of fury game which came out in september of 2007 so about a month i thought we were talking this. about mario kart oh yes yeah mario kart is a good game that we like <laughs> um yeah and uh so this came out on the wii and on the ds from what i understand the ds version is better at least according to reviews at the time i feel like this is a game that w- with the way they implemented the motion controls in the game, uh, if the game didn't have the motion controls, it would have been a better game. And if the game had better motion controls, it would have been a better game. But having the motion controls it had just basically ruined the the, the ceiling of what this game could be. This is a very, very, very bare minimum effort. There's a couple of things. There's a story mode. There's an arcade mode, exhibition tournament. Those are your only modes that you get. Story mode, this is the second time we witnessed this on a Wii game because when we played the Grease game, like the cutscenes or like the story was told basically through either still images or mm-hmm. like little rerun clips from the movie that don't feature any of the bankable but stars. But this one they didn't actually... Um show the clips they just showed pictures this was this was a slideshow where where we see indelible moments from the motion picture masterpiece balls of fury uh you see this uh, and you like cycle through it and read a little bit about the plot and then you play like moments in the game or in the um the movie we didn't get very far in the story mode because the master wong who's like the third character is kind of impossible um, or at least I, I don't think he's impossible. I think we, he's, it's, it's not possible for any of the three think, of us. I think his difficulty exceeded our interest. Uh, yes. Not so much our ability. I exceeded our interest to keep trying. Like, look, the whole time we were playing this game, I was just thinking about actually playing ping pong yeah. and sure. about how this wasn't scratching the itch in any way, shape or form. I was no. thinking about Wii tennis. Cause I'm um, how right. much I enjoyed Wii tennis. Cause it's objectively, yeah a better game. <laughs> Wii Tennis is so responsive and so easy to play and like it this game feels alternately too easy and too punishing because it's so forgiving about where you are like to to catch your ball like so to, to take So technically it's because I don't think in any way shape or form it considers where the remote is. No. It's only considering timing and which direction like what motion you're making. Well, not even that, because I was making front-hand and back-hand motions to see if there's any kind of and distinction. So, it doesn't apologies. It. Uh, when I say the motion you're making, it's very limited. If it's to the left, you're hitting to the left. If it's oh, to yes. the right, you're hitting to the right. If you go up, it does... Yeah, it's it's very limited in what it's doing, but uh, it, it all, it, there is no semblance of, like... It's it's not that good. Um, well, the, it's It's a game that could have just had... 
normal controls. It didn't if it didn't have motion controls, the exact same game, exact same elements would have played better on just like an Xbox or a PlayStation controller. I mean, there were so 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 many games like this on the Wii which just felt like really uh, cheap shovelware that kind of like took this rudimentary idea. So like I, when I did my show about the Wii, Wii U, uh, it was called Wii Universe. You can find it out there still. Uh, we played a lot of mini game collections because that's like the cheap and easy way to cash in on your Wii or your Wii U purchase. Uh, and it's all like lazy little arcade games like this. Except this only gives you the one arcade game. It's not like we get a switch between like tennis and bowling and golf I think and things like that. You just you get the one. What you said earlier about ping pong being integral to the history of gaming. Yeah. For decades, nay, more than a half a century. Yeah. People have been enjoying electronic ping pong. Yeah. Until How this moment difficult <laughs> is it to make something universally beloved so boring so and that's boring. so there, there's two main issues we've already talked about how the motion controls are definitely an issue and the other issue is that there's like one speed that the ball gets hit at whether you're lobbing it whether you're doing uh they refer to it as a smash yeah uh no matter what you're doing the ball is traveling at roughly the same speed it does not accelerate it does not decelerate it just kind of moves and so it feels like two people trying to do a long volley and That's not two people trying to win at ping pong. It's it's kind of like a war game situation here where the only way to win is not to play because it's 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 got that same issue that tic-tac-toe does, which is you will play tic-tac-toe forever until somebody makes a stupid mistake or gets bored. Yep. That's kind of what this does because the play Or the motion so controls fucks you. And everything's so like samey you know it's like any motion is going to do what you wanted to do you don't really need to worry about accuracy or strategy you get like a, a power meter that you could charge up and you press the a button it'll make it do like a wacky animation which is usually just looks like a glitch yeah it, it looks yeah. like sometimes a ball will like warp out of frame and then come back somewhere else it's far, far lazier versions of what they do in Mario Tennis. Yeah. And, you get, like, the power and you ups. can taunt people, but the taunts are real lame. You only get it's one taunt per character. One taunt per character. With the case of young Randy, who you play in the first level of the stair, they didn't even like remaster the audio. It sounds like uh, it sounded like somebody took a tape recorder next to the TV and recorded audio from the movie and then put that in the game. Like the rest were at least samples. Look, from the we movie. had a low budget. Yeah, an extremely low budget. Yeah, I mean, and the the character designs are ghastly because it's like yeah. they they projected the actors' actual faces onto their like these little orbs, and then they put them on a misshapen body, but the faces never move. They're like this weird dead rictus that like it will move uh, won't move no matter how you look so, at it, and then it seems disembodied from their body, kind of like Rayman or something, you know. Roughly around this time was when. Rainbow Six uh, Vegas came out. Uh -huh. And that game had a feature that people who are familiar will know because it was so fucking funny. I think I know what you Where you're you could about. scan your face with the Xbox camera, which, yeah. mind you, doesn't have any way to do depth. That no. camera did not have any way to do depth. Um, the Kinect did. The Kinect used an IR sensor to get depth information, but this did not. And then it would try to create your face on the character of your multiplayer 
profile and it always looked fucking hilarious it never yeah. was correct nobody ever looked nobody ever got a good looking character out of it you always got something stupidly cartoonish and honestly that's what this reminded me of when i was yeah. watching it it was, it was just like the faces aren't modeled quite well uh to match the face of the actual person um it just it all looks weird proportions are a little bit off and the style doesn't match this the style tries to look more realistic as opposed to stylized where you could pull yeah. this off uh, which the Wii often did stylize like Greece did stylize yeah. uh for the Wii um the music wasn't too bad as well as the movie they did have Def Leppard uh so I don't think it was actually Def Leppard in the game, though. I don't no, think it was 100%. Yeah. It, no, no, it was, it was a royalty-free track. Yeah. yeah. It was like a rock. It, it definitely wasn't Def Leppard in the game. It was game. Blind Panther. Yes. <laughs> they, yes. they paid a local band to come in and just play a few very basic songs. But considering With last no vocals. Yeah. Yes. He's kind of judging everything against yeah. the Roger Rabbit score now. Yeah. Like, it was a very generic sounding soundtrack. It was just like generic rock music. Uh, but it wasn't a seven second loop. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the most horrible sound you've ever heard. It, it yeah. was actually all right. And that's why I was saying, like, but it starts to drone. That's the it thing. It, because the, these matches last for so long. Like in real ping pong, you play to 11 points and you need a two-point differential in order for you to win. But that translates to such a long thing when the game is so forgiving because you get like 30 to 40 level volleys going back and forth with your characters. And then you know it, it's eating and up huge chunks of your time. Th there's two things that are different with playing an actual ping pong game. One is adrenaline. You mm -hmm. care a lot more about it. So time passes differently when you're actually playing you kind of lose track of time second is groupies um, you get groupies when you play yeah this that's game. it yes. the, and the second yes. one is again the ping pong is a variable speed typically played at the faster end yeah so you can slow it down but slowing it down is just going to give the other person time to really slam one home on you and so it's usually played at a pace that is much quicker than the game yeah and I think if the game actually tried to play at that pace, the controls would be unplayable. Yeah. And I think that's what this game suffered from the most was the and, pacing was just tennis, so bad. You get quite fast. No, unplayable with this game's okay. motion mm. controls. Not motion controls in general, but this implementation of motion controls. Yeah. It would have been unplayable at a normal speed. Um, unplayable. At a normal speed, I think the byline of this game. I think so. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. And because the they problem. because they slow it down, it just drags on, and so you play, you lose to Master Wong, and it's like, all right, well, I have to do it again because I have to beat the blind man in ping pong, and he's good. Yeah, uh, which makes sense, but like, uh, look, for it being the third place, the third person to face in the story. Man. Yeah. But we definitely, yeah, it was real quick. To re we figured out the, the list, the gist of the game pretty quick. Yeah, sometimes, like, we'll play these for a while, and then we'll get to a point where we're like, all right, let's 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 check out a walkthrough. I want to see, like, a little bit deeper into this game. We did not want to see We did not feel deeper. that compulsion uh, We played one. some, uh, played against each other in the yeah. exhibition mode, and that was... More fun. It was... It was slightly better. Slightly better, but still not as good as, like, like, I... 
I've played other Wii games that have just been more fun and, and like required more timing and energy of me. And like it, like Justin said, it doesn't matter if I like smashed it, uh, excuse me, or put like energy behind it or like spun it or it, it just it just didn't matter to the game. Like no. my enthusiasm physically for it didn't matter if I was just flicking my wrist or like giving a whole uh, a whole hell lot on the backhand. Yeah. No, it really didn't matter. And, like, and again, the thing we need to stress once again is that Wii Sports was a free game that came with your Wii. And it came out. Everybody had. You didn't need to pay extra money or yeah, have an obnoxious movie license this game to it. came out on the Wii after Wii Sports, so we'd already seen. And there was, oh God, I'm forgetting the name of it, but I am almost King. positive there is a table tennis series of games there is there that there is, is like branded with it's like, uh, it's like somebody's name oh, yeah there, there is a yeah. rockstar, rockstar. Games, like just uh, a pinball game like the game that's like a or ping pong game that's like um, supposed to be a really accurate to me i think it's and, just called table and tennis. i've played that and it was fun sure and we didn't have motion controls so you had two options with this game you either had to do good motion controls to make it fun or you had to do good normal controls and since it's a wii game they went motion controls and they did a terrible job yeah um i mean it has promise but again it can't realize any of that promise it's it's an interesting case where like the movie doesn't need to exist. The game could have justified the existence of the movie. Like this is a way where like that synchronicity could have really benefited both of them had one of them stuck the landing and neither of them really did. And so we're left with uh, just kind of nothing both ways. You know, I, I am disappointed. I was hoping to be able to like rail more on a terrible movie or rail more on a truly terrible game. And both of them are just like bad enough to not be interesting and but they never they never get to the transcendent levels of terribleness like like et or roger rabbit you know it turned out this movie the game yes of course (laughs) yes yes we should clarify was this was this the lowest metacritic movie we've i think toys was less and toys i will say is a worse movie yeah i don't know i I, there are things i enjoyed about toys oh not me toys is a better movie if you edit somehow yeah, like the first wow. 90 to 120 minutes. No, I think you could edit out 30 minutes and have a good movie yeah. on toys. Um, <laughs> like, yeah, I don't know, good, like an adequate movie. This You'd have, yeah, a more palatable like one. It had 20 more minutes, and that was edited out, and we uh, ended up with, we, we ended up, they edited out the parts they should have kept. Yeah. At least most of the parts we should have kept, and so then opposite of toys where it just felt like it was so long and nothing happened it felt like it was short and things happened or at least right reasonable side length nothing or things happened and none of it was good none of it was bad but it's just it was such a man movie we'll, we'll put it, it this was way a by the numbers comedy which there's nothing worse than a by the numbers comedy because it's just like uh... Yeah, there's you know, there's no there's no just there's nothing really justifying its existence. If we went to a stand-up show and they were telling jokes about why the chicken crossed the road or doing knock-knock jokes, we'd be bored unless they were doing something creative and new. And this movie didn't really hit. Well, this reminds me of like the big of what currently we are in sort of like a filmic 
crisis regarding comedies. Yeah. Uh, like what uh, I didn't manage to get to see the Jennifer Lawrence comedy, but that's like no what, hard the feelings. Only, I like that a lot. Yeah. There, that's like the only what major comedy motion picture that came out in the last six. Well, not that. Well, Bottoms is coming I would, out. With I me. would say. I mean, Barbie yeah. is a comedy. Barbie's Bar- a straight comedy. I, uh, yeah. Is Barbie a comedy? Oh, it's totally a comedy. That's it's, like a wacky comedy. I laughed comedy. my ass off during it, but I wouldn't necessarily... Uh, I would say... I, I would call it a film. Okay. All right. Oh, oh. Her Her pinky just went up. That was crazy. Yeah. Yeah. She has a monocle on there? And a top hat. My word. Uh, Thank you. Let me straighten your bow tie. <laughs> Thank you. No, yeah. It, we, we do need to see more uh, comedy. I think it's been a good year for film comedies it hasn't been a good year for film comedy box office but yeah. comedy box office has been struggling for the last couple of years and it's a shame and i, I hope uh that's just one of the many trends yeah. that barbie helps turn around yeah we well, all I like the three of us came out of renfield going that was a fun movie it was a decent movie i don't know if i'd say it was a masterpiece or no something. it was so much but fun it, yeah it, it was a good time fun and it probably should have i didn't feel like i wasted my time it yeah. was better than many of the transformers movies yeah. yeah. And those movies rake in money like nobody's business. Yeah. No, go figure. Clearly it needed more robots and explosions. We did. Did somebody, uh, didn't, like, I had this quote this week, um, and I don't know if it's true, but somebody on TikTok said that Baldur's Gate made more money for Hasbro than the and all the Transformers movies. I'd be willing to bet that game has been huge. Um, I'm, that, I'm excited to play it. That game broke the Steam concurrent players record, I believe. Yeah. Um, which means that of all of the major PC titles in Steam's history, going back to Half-Life 2 in 2004, yeah. uh, it had the most players playing it at one time, which is absolutely insane for an RPG in general. Mm-hmm. Um, a sequel to game, a game that uh, a lot of people haven't played, yeah. and, and like, yeah, no, it, it's, it's cool. It's kind of dominating my newsfeed, and I haven't even played it yet. That's usually I, how I know it's like a big deal. It's, it's on. It's like I have an order of games that are playing. I've been playing the F one game, uh, the F one management game, and then Armored Core comes out like today. today. Yeah, so that one's gonna occupy my time, and then after that is when I'm gonna hit Baldur's Gate. Yeah. After it cools down a little bit, um, not I've, because of that, but just that's when I'm probably going to get to. What it. are you going to play it on? Uh, PC. PC. Yes, yeah, I, I, I pre-ordered it for my PS5, so it's not coming out until early September. Yeah, I but, play uh, as much as possible on PC because even if I want to play this game with a controller, I have one I can plug in. Yeah. There you go. There you go. All right. Well, uh, I think we're ready to move on to our rankings, given that we've moved into talk, moved to talking about Baldur's <laughs> Gate on oh, our balls of fury. Baldur's of Fury. There we go. I got Baldur's it back around. I got it back around. Uh, so do you, let's move on to our rankings. I think I kind of know where we're all going to stand on this one. But <laughs> uh, is this a good movie, good game, bad movie, bad game, or does it fall somewhere in between? For me, this is going to be only my second bad movie, bad game. I think I, I feel softer on this than I did on Toys. Toys was my first bad movie, bad game, and I thought both of those were dramatically worse in either direction. Uh, this is just such a, a, a fart in the wind of a movie. It's just so insubstantive and so, like, not really funny. Like, I, I got one or two smiles out of it, but mostly this is less interesting than Dodgeball, a true underdog story, which yes. is already pretty sad. So, um, J-Bam, how about you? 
Bad movie, bad game. Yeah, on the board, on the board. Because I think, did you, no, you didn't defend toys that vehemently. No, I thought, I said that toys, toys, um, product design, a background, like the scenic design was extraordinary. Yeah. And watching it, like, I got a lot of benefit watching it from the background. Right. Um, and the beautiful design. Um, but... It, it it was what it was. Um. Yeah, I, I was just reminded of the tie-ins between this movie and a previous movie we have reviewed, Scarface. Yeah, the Scarface quotes. Lopez has quoted Scarface right. like five times in the movie. I think it was twice. I think if we, he, I don't know if he's a character in this game. We didn't unlock him yet, but uh, I'm willing to bet that's going to be his little catchphrase when you press the taunt Did button. Did y'all watch the, the, the final, like, closing thing? Where it's just singing and karaoke. Oh, and yeah, the out, yeah. outtakes. Yeah. Honestly, that whole part of the movie was probably more enjoyable than the rest of the movie. Yeah, it's yeah. kind of like, oh, it's good. They got, they had a good time making this. Yeah. Good for them. Uh, <laughs> great. Bad I'm movie, glad. bad game. Yeah. Again, similar to Steve, I'm a little soft on the movie part just because it's so meh that I feel bad saying it's a bad movie. But I think it being so meh means it's a bad movie. If it were ten percent funnier, it would be a good like background when I'm bored kind of movie. Yeah, if I'm, it's, like, it's a it's a good folding laundry movie, but it's just not quite there. The needle twitched a couple of times, but didn't go anywhere. No, like, not so much. It didn't go up. The funnies really every once in a while there was a little twitch of funnies, and then the rest of it I was just kind of like watching something happen. Well, I can tell you for sure I'm gonna feel a lot more about next week's game, uh, next week's game and movie I should say because. Uh, we are entering Disney for the first time. Ooh. We have not talked about a Disney game. We have a lot of them down the line. This is going to be our first one. And for me, and maybe this is going to be my hot take, I think this is the best Disney movie. And I, I stand by this. I'm going to see where you guys come down on it. Next week, we are going to be playing Lilo and Stitch. Oh, Lilo okay. and I Stitch. I knew this was coming up. Uh, I played a lot of this game. You played this game? Yes. Okay, I've never played this game, but I, I deeply love this movie. This, this is the um, one where it's like Stitch agent something or other. It, it's a game I don't, based around Stitch. I don't think so. This is going to be the Game Boy Advance game that's based oh. directly on the movie. But there oh, were some more spinoffs. Okay. Yeah, there yes. there were a few Stitch games. Gotcha. Um, but this will be the Game Boy Advance game based directly on the film. Uh, well, I'm excited to talk I, about it. I don't it. think I have played this one. Well, there you go. Well, we're, we're going to play a little bit of it next week. So thank you, everybody, for listening. And uh, we will see you next time for some Lilo and Stitch. Bye, everybody. Bye.